Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 19, verse 1. As I said, we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit. I know we've had a little bit of a hiatus from that, and so I want to kind of go back and talk a little bit more about it because there's a lot of misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit. It's really more unknown than misunderstanding. And, And sometimes when we don't know about something, if something's different, we have a really hard time believing it, wrapping our minds around it, and even trying to understand it. In fact, we typically don't want to understand it. And when we talk about God the Father, that's kind of easy for us from a standpoint that every one of us have a father, or we've seen fathers, and we recognize how a father works. We, we understand Jesus the Son because we've seen the movies, right? We've under, understood how Jesus operates. But when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, we're kind of like, okay, now I'm not sure what all of that means, and, and who is this third person of the Trinity? And just so you know, this isn't anything new. In fact, here in Acts chapter 19, in Acts chapter 2, the New Testament church was built. And now, 17 chapters later in in Acts 19, look at this verse. It says, while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered what a lot of people say today. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So we see from the very beginning of the New Testament church that there were disciples. And notice that they were disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, people that were committed, people that were wanting to follow after him, not just people that had just gotten saved and didn't really understand things. They were disciples who really didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. It's still this way today, followers of Jesus Christ. There are many of you that over the last several weeks you've shared with me about how you've never even heard about the Holy Spirit, just like these disciples, or that you'd heard incorrect things and had been a fearful thing, and now you're beginning to understand some things about the Holy Spirit. Because that's what we're trying to do in this series, is help you understand some things about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I want to tell you is that when I I speak, Sometimes I can get a little passionate, all right? And when I get a little passionate about things that I want someone to have, sometimes I can come across a little strong. And you can think, man, why is he yelling? Is he mad at me? Is something going on? Did I do something wrong? I want you to know that it's not that, and I try to be as careful as I possibly can. But when you know how good something is for someone, you get passionate about it. You're, you're, not, you're trying not to, but you're just like, ah, you want it. And they're like, I'm not sure if I want it. And so I want to ask you to forgive me when I get a little bit passionate about stuff. But I want us to understand how important the Holy Spirit operating in our lives actually is. So we began looking at some of the terms that we didn't understand before. And even just that word, the Holy Spirit, is the Greek word pneuma. And what it literally means is a strong breeze. It's what I was praying just a second ago, that when we are being continually filled with the Holy Spirit, what is happening is the sailboat of our lives, the Holy Spirit is blowing wind into our sails and leading us to amazing places. Because if we're not careful and the wind of the Holy Spirit isn't blowing, we're just stuck and we're stagnant. And there's nothing worse than be in a stagnant relationship with God. You get anxious about things, you become fearful, you begin to doubt and have unbelief. So it literally means a fresh air. It's a, it's a fresh, a, a breath of fresh air into our lives. And then we looked at another word that people are really afraid of. It's the word Pentecost. And, and I don't know what you think of when you hear the word Pentecost. Some of you think of lots of makeup. 
Some of you think of no makeup at all, and you think that's Pentecost. Or for some of you, it means that they're going to be handling snakes in the service. And so you're really excited to see if the pastor's going to get bitten that week. But what the word Pentecost means is a really scary word, 50. That's all it means. It means that 50 days after the Passover, there was a day of Pentecost that the children of Israel had when when God gave them the law on Mount Sinai. That's all it means. Then we looked at another word that people are afraid of, and it's charismatic. And what we think of with charismatic is we think of wild and crazy services. People swinging from the chandeliers. All kinds of wild things going on. And, and just so you know, there is a place for an expression of the goodness of God. But what we have to do as a body is value one another, so we have to be careful. But the way that I was raised is that people got excited in church. In fact, in my wife's church, there was a, an elderly lady by the name of Sister Pettit. In fact, in, in the old days, we called them sister and brother. Y'all remember those things? And, and it was Sister Pettit. And when Sister Pettit would, would get in the middle of the song, I'll fly away. You know that song? I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. The moment that you began to sing that song, she'd be like, whoa! And she would get up out of her chair. She'd start running around the church. And everybody would go, oh, there goes Sister Pettit again. That's what we think of as charismatic. And there are times when we can be expressive in worship, but that's not what charismatic actually is. In fact, I want to pick up there today and kind of explain a little bit more about this because we talked about the fact that God has three gifts that he wants to give you. How many of you love to receive gifts? About half of you. Now, how many of you really love to receive gifts? All right, you need to know that God has some gifts for you, some, some things that he wants to give you. And the first gift is the most important. It's the best gift, the gift of eternal life. In fact, if you only receive one gift, that's the gift to receive, the gift of eternal life. And the amazing thing about that gift is you can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to deserve it. God just gave it to you as a free gift. And even after you've received it, You still can't do anything to earn it. You still can't do anything to deserve it. God gave it to you as a free gift. And there's another word or another gift that God wants us to to give to us. And this one has some participation attached to it. God wants us to participate with these next gifts. And it's the gift we've been talking about, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have to receive the Holy Spirit into your life. In fact, the Bible says that we need to be continually being filled with the Spirit. Because unfortunately, we get in stale situations in our life. We're not focused on God. We're focused on problems. We're focused on situations. And the Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to blow into our lives to take us through the storms to get us to the other side. So we have to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because when we do that, there is an empowerment. God wants you and I to operate in power. In fact, let me say it, say it this way. If you're a school teacher, God wants you to operate in power as a school teacher. If you're a businessman or businesswoman, God wants you to operate in power as a businessman or a businesswoman. If you're a domestic engineer a stay-at-home mom today, then what you need to know is that God wants you to operate in power. If you have a spiritual gift on you to, to prophesy, to preach, or anything, God wants you to operate in power. If you have a gift of healing on you, that when you pray for people, they're healed, God wants you to operate in power. There's a, there's a power that God wants us to operate in. But we have to be receiving the gift 
of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so today I want to talk about the third gift, and it's this word charismatic or charis, that God has a grace gift for every one of us. God has a, a gift for you. And, and in fact, here's where there's a lot of confusion about this. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing to the church and he's saying this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So what God is telling us is about spiritual gifts, he doesn't want us to be ignorant. Now you realize that ignorant is not a bad thing. It means you just don't know about it. So if anybody ever tells you you're ignorant, say, oh, okay, let me learn about that. Doesn't, it isn't a put down, but God, God doesn't want us to be ignorant. So here's what he says in verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us. Why? So that we can say, hey, check out this out. Look what I can do. No, it's given to us so that we can help each other. So God has given each one of us a spiritual gift so that we can help each other. There's an assignment. There's a purpose, if you will, that is attached to the spiritual gift that God gives us. It isn't just for you. All right? It's not for us to be impressed by you. Wow, look, at, look how amazing you are. It's so that we can help each other. And I think that the devil will do everything that he can to keep you from, first of all, understanding spiritual gifts, understanding that you have a spiritual gift, believing that you have a spiritual gift, receiving it and walking in it, because he knows that when you receive your spiritual gift, you're going to change the world. Right. Amen. Pastor Richie, come on. 7.5 billion people. My spiritual gift is going to change the world. Your gift is going to change the world. It may not affect 7.5 billion people, but it will affect the world in which God's placed you in. Listen, I listen to Christians all the time talking about the moral decay of America and about how bad things are getting. And we sit back like armchair quarterbacks and we keep complaining about it, not realizing that we are actually the solution for the change. What can I do? You can change your world. If every one of us just changed two people, began to pour the love and hope of Jesus Christ into them, they begin to understand their spiritual gift. In, in a year, you would go from one of you to three of you. If all three of you would do it this year too, that would go from three to six. You can see how quickly within 10 to 15, 20 years with a group like this, all of Amarillo can be saved. All of Amarillo can know the love and hope of Jesus Christ. All of Amarillo can understand that this is going to be the hardest place in the world to go to hell from because the love of God is being poured out through his children in this city. I'm telling you, it's powerful. God's given us a purpose. God puts gifts inside of you, and it's my job, and it's the staff's job to help you find out what it is so that you can fulfill the destiny that God has for your life. And I want to say this real fast because some of you grew up with a mad and angry God and a God that if you wanted this, then he's going to make you do this. I want you to know that when you begin to walk in all that God has for you, he, the Bible says that delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think that's both twofold. I think as we learn to get connected with God, he literally downloads desires into our heart that we want to do things based upon the way that he's wired us. But I also believe that as we just learn to delight ourselves in God, he starts giving us things that we're desiring that he's going, hey, just because I love you, I want you to have this. So you gotta understand that God's destiny for your life is the way that you were wired. If you're a screwdriver, everything that you now work on becomes screws because that's what you were wired to do. You're not a hammer trying to put in a screw. Does that make sense today? So you need to understand, if you understand how good God is for you, you know that his destiny for you is amazing. 
So we want to be a church where the gifts of the Spirit are operating and flowing through every one of us. Not just a few of us, but every one of us. Let me give you a definition of spiritual gifts. A spiritual, a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability that God gives to his children so that together we can advance his purposes in the world. It's a supernatural ability. It means that when you do it, you know that God is working through you. You just, you just recognize it. It's how I feel when I'm speaking. When I'm speaking to you, this isn't my talent. I feel like God is working with me as I'm speaking. And notice the word together. In other words, it's going to work best when we're doing it together, when we're all doing it because we are a body and our gifts are connected to one another. Let me, let me help you understand it from this metaphor of a body. If you're a hand, you need to be connected with the arm to work well. It'd freak us all out if there was a hand up here on this platform that was crawling around everywhere, wouldn't it? So you need to understand that you need to be, as a hand, connected to the arm. And if you're an arm, you need to be connected to the shoulder. And if you're a shoulder, you need to be connected to the torso so that the body is working properly. And listen, when we're all working together, we recognize that people have different functions than we do. They have a different gifting than us. So we're not mad as a hand at the arm that it won't pick something up. Doggone an arm. I've been picking stuff up all day long. It's time for the arm to pick some stuff up. So the arm bends down and it tries to pick stuff up. It doesn't have the ability to do it. It wasn't wired that way. Are you beginning to see how important it is that we're doing this together because our gifts are connected? So finally, that we can advance God's purposes in the world. Listen, I know there are a lot of important things in your life, career choices, educational choices, the way that you're raising your family. All these things are important, but can I tell you today as a pastor that they pale in comparison for things that matter for eternity. I promise you 200 years from now, things that you're doing now in this material world, while important now, they're going to pale in comparison to what you did for eternity. So we want to advance God's purposes, not just our purpose. And again, God's purpose is going to be in your life, and you're going to want to do the purpose that God has put in your life. God has given us a purpose in an assignment that we can't fully operate in unless the unique purpose that God has given us, we begin to understand it. And we begin to walk in it. So today, I want to honor those that are a part of our dream team. In fact, I'm going to ask you, if you're on our dream team, do you mind just standing up for just a second? Because we want to honor those of you that are on our dream team today. Can we give them a big round of applause today? Thank you, guys. You can sit down. Listen, these are people that have gone through the growth track, and they are using the gifts that God has given them. And they come each week, and they faithfully serve this body. As greeters, as ushers, as working in the children's area, working with youth, helping on the worship team, helping with outreach and all the different things that we're doing. God has equipped them and empowered them and they are walking in the gifting that God has called them to, to serve this local body. Listen, this is the bedrock message of the New Testament. Let me say it again because we think that church is about coming to a service, hearing somebody preach, being entertained at some level, and then going out and living our real lives. Listen, this is the bedrock message of the New Testament, and it is the bedrock message of Amarillo Fellowship, that every one of us discover the unique gift that God has wired us, that God has called us to do, so that together we're advancing the purposes of God in this world in which we live on. Listen, that's why we have the growth track. It literally exists to do one thing, so that you can discover your purpose 
And again, as I said just a few minutes ago, I know that I can get passionate about this, and some of you kind of feel like I'm doing this to you. Some of you that I know pretty well, I'm actually doing that to you. But the rest of you, I'm really just saying, man, this is amazing. You're going to discover some things about yourself that you're going to go, that's why I'm wired this way. So we want you to understand how important it is so that you can get doing the thing that you were designed to do. You can walk in the purpose that God has for you. So if you're here today and you're asking, how do we do that? I'm glad that you asked. All right, because I want to share with you three things today that I want to ask you to consider doing today. And the first one is discover the gift that God has for you. Discover the gift God has for you. Listen, I'd love for you to get on a spiritual journey to discover the gift that God has for you. And chances are it's not going to be as obvious as you think it is. Because sometimes we confuse talent and skill with a spiritual gift that God gives us. And so it may not be as obvious as you think it is. God might work with your talent. He might work with your skill, but it doesn't have to be. So how do you discover it? Well, Romans 12 says this. We have different gifts. Every one of us have different gifts. And what we need to do is get you exposed to those gifts. In fact, through the growth track, we're going to expose you to 16 of them. The Bible talks about 27 of them. I don't ever think that God intended to, for that to be an exhaustive list because God is always doing new and fresh things in our world in which we live in. So, so God is constantly doing something fresh. And God doesn't just place the gift in one person. It's not like I'm the only gifted person or the worship team is the only gifted or, or that person that you know. We're all gifted in this. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. We all have a different gift. God gives us a grace gift and what you're doing um, may appear natural even if it isn't natural for you. Like me being up here speaking today, it may appear, appear natural to you. Some of you are going, no, it doesn't. But it may appear natural to you. But it's not natural for me. In fact, when I first began speaking honest word truth, every time, I've been lying up till now, but now I'm going to be honest. No, honest truth with this, I've really been telling the truth. Uh, but when I we used to get up to preach, and I would sit up there on the front row, and it was my time to preach, and the, the countdown was going on or whatever, I would pray for the rapture to take place. I would say, oh God, if there's just any way, even give me a heart attack if that's what you need to do, God. Because I don't want to get up there and speak, so this is not natural for me. But I believe God works through me, and God will work through you in amazing ways. Listen, some of you are called to work with children. You have a gift to work with children or to work with youth, which, by the way, I believe is one of the highest callings. I really do, because you know what? As we get older, have you recognized the older you get, the more set in your ways you get? Maybe you don't recognize it in you, but have you noticed in the people around you, the older they get, the more set in their ways they get? But you know what? Children are just so pliable. They're so teachable. It's such an incredible thing that we get to do to pour the love and hope of Jesus Christ into them, that those young people, those children and young people, they're going to grow up understanding right from the get-go, God loves them. God loves them with an everlasting love. They're not going to have to work through some of the things that some of us had to work through. It's one of the greatest callings. Some of you are called to that. Or you're called to greet people at the door. You are a sanguine. You are a party waiting to happen. You get up at 9.30 for the 9.30 service or the 11.15 service, and you are always smiling. You're always happy. You want to catch every person walking through the door, shaking their hand. You are so excited that God called you to be a greeter. Some of you have the gift of administration. You love it to work out the details, to figure out all the plans, all those things that some of us, it drives us nuts. You love every part of that. 
And listen, everything that I just mentioned, I am not good at. Y'all need to be thankful that I'm in here today, not back there with your children, or you'd find your children duct taped to the chair that, that I was working with them. Because I'm just not good at that. I'm not wired that way. I'm not wired to greet people. Honestly, I'm a, honestly a very shy person. And so it's hard for me when I walk around, shake your hand, I am, I am working on it. My wife helps me. How are you doing today? Great. And I know sometimes I'm shaking your hand almost like a serial killer or something, but it's just because I'm out of my gift mix at some level. But I want you to know how much I love you, so I'm operating out of my gift. Gift of administration, don't get my staff going on that. Man, they'll tell you he's horrible at the details, and I forget the details, and I change the details all the time and drive them nuts. I'm not good at that, but other people are good at that. It's the same with my missionary friends. I've got a lot of friends that are missionaries all over the world. In fact, a year ago, Richard Dickerson and I went to Brazil. And when we went to Brazil, it, it was, it, it was um, an eye-opening experience for me. And I've been into third world countries before. But in Sao Paulo, where we went and where the team is going in just a week, which, by the way, we're going to be praying for them at the end of the service. When, when we got there, we drove past a place where they actually had quarantined people off. And there was like a one-block area that they were allowing people to do crack and to do meth and stuff because they felt like if they have already are doing it, it's a disease. It wasn't their fault. So they weren't arresting them. They were just trying to quarantine and keep them in. There were police, literally, around the entire area. When we walked through the streets, we're stepping over homeless people I mean it was an incredible thing and while I'm moved and I'm touched I got to tell you it freaked me out Richard's over there acting like he's in Disney World he's taking video and he is loving it he's loving the fact that he's praying for people he's reaching down touching people and ministering to them and I'm like oh man please oh I'm not sure I'm not real comfortable with all this the reason is it's what he's gifted to do it's what he's called to do and so why is it Sometimes we see other people doing things that are very challenging for us and very difficult for us. It's because they have a grace gift to do it. So how do we discover your grace gift? You go through the growth track. It's one of the best ways that we know, and I'm telling you, we have searched, we're trying to figure, have been trying to figure this out, but you go through the growth track, and here's what you're going to discover, that God didn't just design your body. In fact, if you take just a second to kind of look around the people around you, do you notice that everyone looks different than you? Every once in a while, you, you go ahead and do that. Kind of look around just a second. Notice how they look different than you. Listen, that isn't just on the outside that God's made you different. God's made us different even on the inside. In fact, here's how David said it in Psalms 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Listen, God placed desires inside of you so you actually have a desire to do what it is that God has wired you to do. When God gives you the gift of helps or of service and you walk into this sanctuary and you see chairs that are kind of out of, out of line or you see paper on the floor, you, you want to go over and you want to take care of those. Some of you, you walk into the room and you see the person sitting by themselves all alone and you're thinking, hey, that person needs a life-giving word. Let me go over and encourage them. Listen, two people can walk into the same room in the same scenario and see things differently. Just so you know, God did that. God did that because he wired us all differently. What if we were all just straightening up the chairs? Man, you'd show up on Sunday and this would be the most awesome rose that would happen, but the worship would be horrible, the preaching would be horrible, there'd be no one helping with the coffee. God has gifted all of us differently. Are you all picking up what I'm laying down today? Is this making sense today? 
Listen, David goes on and he says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Of course, David knew that. He was a man and men think like that. Women look at themselves in the mirror and they find every problem with themselves. Men look at themselves and they can put on a few pounds and they can still go, what's up? Looking good today. We're just wired that way. So, so listen to this. David knew that he was awesome. In fact, he goes on to say, your works are wonderful. But look at this last line because some of you can't say this. I know that full well. You're awesome today. You, you need to know that because some of you have been spoken incorrectly over your life that you're not awesome. But you need to know today that you're awesome. That you're amazing. That you are gifted. You are gifted today. You've you got to understand that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And what I'd encourage you to do is you need to get on the growth track so that you can discover what it is that God has called you to do. You need to understand this. Check this out because this is a great little line. You might want to write this down. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. We need four Sundays to help you understand that. It'll change your life. Then you can get busy doing the second thing. So first thing is we've got to discover the gift. Second thing is we've got to develop the gifts that God has given you. Now, most of us or some of us are, are beginning to discover our spiritual gifts. And, and a lot of times we understand that we're a gift mix. You're not just one thing. You're not necessarily just the gift of helps. You may be the gift of helps and mercy. So you can come in, straighten up the chairs, and minister to the person. A little joke, but anyway, you, you might be able to do multiple things in, in what you're doing. But you need to recognize that those gifts are going to change as you mature. That as you mature, there are going to be new things that God is going to be dropping into your life. That's why we don't ever get possessive of the gift that God's given us. We recognize it's a gift, but I might be using this gift now. But as I mature, God might be giving me new gifts to do new and, and more exciting things. Like right now, you might just be on a team serving somewhere, but as you mature, you might actually be leading a team. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, follow the way of love. We're always motivated by love. I hope that you're hearing that this today from a heart of love because we always need to be motivated by love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. See, God wants us to desire spiritual gifts. Even the spiritual gifts that you don't have right now, he wants you to to desire them. For some of you, you need to desire them again. That maybe you've gotten away, something has happened in your life and you've kind of gotten away from God and you've gotten away from the plan that he has for your life. And you're wondering today, can God still use me? I had this problem in my life. I had this issue in my life. Can God still use me? Yes, he can. And yes, he will. And yes, he wants to. Because look at this in Romans 11. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He's not somebody that's going to give you a gift and take a gift from you. They're irrevocable. God isn't changing his mind about the gifts that he's placed in your life. And you may not be where God would want you to be right now or where you would like to be right now, but God hasn't given up on you. Even if you've gotten off track today, you need to know that. Listen, if we were to take a trip to Dallas, most of us would go through Childress to get to Dallas. It's the most direct and easiest way to get there. But listen, you can go to Odessa and still get to Dallas. You can go to Oklahoma City and still get to Dallas. You can even go to New York City, get a rope, and still go to Dallas. But it's just take you longer to get there. 
So God's still going to get you on the path. Listen, you're not on plan B in your life. You can't have failed enough to miss God's gift and plan for your life today. So listen, no matter how far you may feel or be from God's plan in your life, he'll still get you back to the purpose on your life. And it's just as simple as a repentant mind of, I changed my mind about the way that I'm thinking. God, I want the gift to operate again in my life. God, I want to move this way again. So I'm reminding you what Paul reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy. He said, he said this, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. That's what I'm trying to do today because some of you just become a really small ember and I'm trying to fan it and I'm encouraging you to fan it so that together we can do this last thing and it's probably the most important thing that all of us can do and it's the third thing, use the gifts that God has given you. So you need to discover them. You need to discover the way that you're wired, how God's fixed you. You need to start developing that. And then thirdly, you need to use the gifts that God has for you. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the focus of your life right now needs to be that you need to know God. You need to know how good God is. You need to stop listening to what the world has said about God, an angry, judgmental God. And you need to start understanding how good God is and how loving and kind and and what a patient God he is. That's your number one plan. And if you already know Christ, there's an assignment for every one of us because there's always an assignment attached to our gift. And our assignment is those three things again, to discover our purpose, to develop our purpose, and to grow in our purpose and use our purpose. Listen, we need to be doing that all the time. And I don't know where you're at on the continuum, but the amazing thing is, is that you can start today. If you don't know your gift, today you can begin to discover your gift. But how can I do that? Next week, make up your mind, you're going to go through the growth track. You're going to set aside a month, four Sundays in a row. You're going to develop, and I mean, you're going to understand what it is your gift. And then you're going to develop it. You're going to start working in it, and it's going to feel a little awkward maybe at first to you, and you're going to be a little unsure, and then you're going to keep using your gift, and suddenly the purposes that God has for your life are going to come about in our lives. It's amazing. Here's what 1 Peter 4 says. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. There's actually a stewardship that we have over the gifts that God has given us to serve one another. I want to close this morning with an illustration that I, that I hope will kind of help you understand kind of how this works in a church body. And I, I really kind of see it uh, paralleling the three stages of Christmas. And the first stage in Christmas in stage one is when you're a little kid. And when you're a little kid, you absolutely love Christmas. You love everything about Christmas. In fact, you can't wait to open up your presents. In fact, if you have little toddlers in the house, you have to keep an eye on them because they're always crawling over there or walking over there and opening up the presents. And when they open up their presents, they love every one of their presents. In fact, they love the boxes that it came in. They're playing with the boxes almost as much as they're playing with the presents. They love it. But then stage two happens and you get a little older. And as you get a little older, you're not sure about the Santa thing anymore. You get a little cynical about Christmas. Instead of being happy with whatever gift you're going to get, you actually give people in your life a list of things that you want. And not only do you want the list, but you also want the receipt just in case you want to take it back. Y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Then you get a little older and you enter into stage three. And now you're having kids. And something amazing begins to change in your life. Because now, instead of seeing the joy in just receiving gifts, you get this real joyful heart and and this contentment as you give gifts away. 
It's amazing how it begins to change. And I, and I think this happens in the church all the time. When you first get saved or you first start coming to a church, you're so excited about the church. I mean, everything's new. Man, they gave us coffee. They let us bring coffee in the sanctuary. This is amazing. You're excited about it. It all feels so fresh. And, and you're enjoying the gifts that are operating in the service that other people have, are giving to you. People that showed up early to prepare the worship, to prepare the word, to prepare the, the, the parking, to prepare the donuts, to prepare all the different things that we're doing. And we're just happy to be here. We're enjoying all that God is doing. And, and if we're not careful, we think we're supposed to stay in stage one. Allowing others to serve us and do things for us in their gifting, but we're not. So we enter into this time where we become cynical about the things that are happening. And things that never bothered us before begin to bother us. Finding all kinds of little problems and issues that are going on. And it's because God wants us to understand that real joy, real contentment, real satisfaction in life is found in stage three. Where we're not just being served, but where we're serving other. Where we're using the gift that God has placed inside of us to make a difference in the world that God has placed us in. You need to know today that you're gifted. You really do. You need to understand today that you're gifted, that you're a 10 in some area of your life. That you're amazing at something. So we need to walk in this so that we can walk in the gifts that God has given us to serve the world. Because see, God has called us as a church to lead people on a spiritual journey through a, a four-step process. And just so you know, it's found several times in the Word of God. And the first one is that people would know God. That's why at the end of every service, we give people an opportunity to invite Christ into their life. And one of the things that we can do as a church is we can invite others we can bring our friends. You may not be able to share your faith yet or understand how to share all the, the aspects of God's goodness with people, but what you can do is you can invite someone. You can invite someone to be a part of a service where they're going to hear a life-giving message that their life could be forever changed. We get the opportunity in this time to know God at a whole nother level. We're growing in our revelation of knowing God. Second thing is God wants you to find freedom. We all have issues. Let me say it again, just so you did, in case you didn't hear that. We all have issues. And we need a group of people in our lives that can help us out of the issues that we're in. I can't tell you how exciting it has been in our connect group. People that I've connected with and developed a relationship with. That we've helped some people walk through some issues. Some people that I've got in my life that help me walk through the issues. Because I don't want to be bound up in all the junk from my past. Listen, our past isn't our past until we get free from it. God wants you to find freedom. He also wants you to discover purpose. He wants you to know that he has created you just like he created Esther for such a time as this. He has created you for such a time as this. It's not happenstance that you and I are on the face of the earth today. God has created us for such a time as this. We need to discover the purpose that God's created us for. Why? So we can do that fourth and final step that matters beyond comparison that we can make a difference in the world that God's placed us in we get so where we can't see the trees for the forest it's overwhelming it's just how big the situation is that we're like I'm just such a little person it doesn't matter what I do it matters what you do so I want to encourage you a couple things I want to encourage you to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit 
Every morning when you get up in your quiet time or you get up at the beginning of the day, would you just begin to say, Holy Spirit, come fill me today. I don't know that I totally understand you yet. I don't know that I get everything yet, but would you come fill me today? I need you in my life. I need a fresh wind in my sails today. The second thing I want to encourage you is to discover, to develop, to use the gift that God has given you so that you and I together, we can make a difference in the kingdom of darkness so that we can populate heaven and plunder hell. People that are bound for hell, people that are living in hell right now can begin to understand the good news of Jesus Christ. So I want to pray over us today and I'm just going to ask you just about your head. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.